Do you want to find solutions on how to make decisions faster, how to solve problems with your teams, or define a clear strategy that resonates with your staff and customers? There is a workshop for that. Hello there, I'm Nati Ravez, founder of La Workshopeuse. I'm a collaboration consultant and workshop facilitator, member of an amazing workshopper community. In this podcast, I meet them to get the best advice on facilitation and I'll let leaders and managers speak to understand the challenges they are facing. Welcome to the show. Hello, everyone. I'm pleased to be back for another episode with a lovely guest, Rebecca Courtney. Her last name may be familiar to some of you. She is the sister of Jonathan Courtney, the CEO of Agent Smart, who I interviewed in the very first episode of this podcast. Rebecca has had an interesting background, having started a career as a school teacher. She's going to give us an insight into her journey from teacher to facilitation coach at Agent Smart and her role in the Workshop Master community. In the first part of this episode, she also talks about her research and preparation for the new beginner facilitation course that will be launched at the end of the year. In the second part, she talks about her very first workshop in front of an audience of 50 experienced facilitators from all over the world, her stage fright, and what she learned from this experience. I hope you enjoy listening to it as much as I enjoyed recording it. If so, feel free to rate the podcast with five stars on your player. Hi, Rebecca. Welcome to the show. Hello, Natty. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm very excited to be here. I had the great, great pleasure of meeting you personally in Italy at the end of the summer. Yes, it was amazing. How are you since then? I am very good, very excited. I think there was a lot of exhaustion after the retreat, but it was a complete mix of emotions. It was like physically exhausted, but emotionally completely energized and excited um, after what just happened. Uh, it's hard to put into words what we all experienced there. Um, so I'm still trying to reflect on it, figure out what I've learned from it. And yeah, it's just been such an amazing experience and I was so happy to get the community together. Yeah, it was so nice to meet peoples which are in the same thing uh, from different fields and different countries. But first, you are here because I'm very curious to know what brought you to facilitation since I know that you've been a teacher for years and um, I would love to hear how you came to be a facilitation coach after being a teacher. Okay, so it is a bit of a, a long story, but I'll make it short and sweet. <laughs> um, I always wanted to be a teacher since I was a young girl, always was bossing around my friends, <laughs> always trying to teach <laughs> teach them the different things. Um, so as I got older, I tried to become a teacher in school, but in Ireland, you have to have a really high grade in the Irish language to in order to become a primary school teacher um, and unfortunately I didn't get that grade when I was in in school um, so I kind of went off track a bit I became I was doing like 
barmaid I was a barista and then finally I kind of went and said okay no I actually need to get back on track here and become a teacher so I went to college and I did three years um in Montessori teaching and early years in childhood studies um Mm -hmm. did Montessori teaching for a few years really really loved it but knew that my my goal was primary school teaching so I then went on and did my master's in education and primary education and then finally became a teacher and I was in it for a few months only. <laughs> um, oh, okay. I, I was te- okay. So overall, my teaching experience is about eight years, but primary school teaching experience is two years since I've done my master's. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was in it substituting around different schools, really, really enjoying it, but felt like something was missing. Um, I felt completely drained by the whole curriculum the restraints of the curriculum. Um, I think when I was in college, it we kind of felt like we would have a bit more freedom to make up our own lessons and really use our creativity when we're teaching the children. But there is restraints then when you have to follow this certain curriculum and you have to get the, the books filled in. And yeah, so that was draining my, my soul. <laughs> oh, it means you didn't have so much space you would have uh, liked yes. to have. Exactly. Uh, to be more creative with the yes, children. that's exactly it. And I think like I found my personality and found my excitement for the job when I was doing le- uh, lessons like art and music and um, those kind of creative subjects. So, yeah, it was just I was thinking to myself, oh, no, I was a bit underwhelmed with the job when I went into it. Um, so then my brother is Jonathan, the CEO of AJ and Smart, and we had loads of conversations about where his the company was going um, and kind of talking about that it's becoming more of an education training company in that they're doing facilitation and workshopping. So I was thinking, I think the word facilitation just freaked me out. I just felt like it was so alien to mm-hmm. me that I, I could definitely not have anything in common with it. Um, but the more we spoke about it, the more I realized, okay, this is very similar to teaching. It's working with groups, sure. it's guiding teams towards goals and objectives. Um, and I think that all the skills that I had developed as a teacher were really, really transferable over to facilitation. So Jonathan had asked me to take a leap of faith (laughs) and he knew he understood that this was a a huge decision for me because he saw me work so hard towards teaching. Um, So, yeah, it took me it didn't take me long to decide to move over, but it, it did take a lot of thinking and just, yeah, figuring things out. But I took the leap of faith and joined AJ and Smart the start of this year. So I started training in um as a facilitation coach and it is the best decision I've ever made honestly it's been such a great move yeah I have the feeling that no matter what we're doing in life all these experiences make us grow and bring us to other things and it's not because you take another curve that uh, what you've have done until now is not valuable and I think that's what I was finding difficult at the very beginning I was kind of saying oh no but I've just worked eight years towards this goal. What's going to become of that? And everyone that I know and who loves me and who supports me, we're just saying everything that you've learned is going to become 
you know, is so valuable to this new job and you can use it. It's not like you're just done with teaching. You're going to be using all those skills that I've learned. And I was thinking, oh, yes. And I think as well, it's really I felt like maybe I was in my comfort zone a little when I was going into work every day. I kind of fell into this. I know what I'm doing. There was no kind of challenge for me anymore. Um, And I think as well, when you notice that feeling, when you notice you getting a bit bored (laughs) with your with your work and your day to day, then you need a new challenge. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to leave this job. It just means you need to take on something new to help you grow as a person. So this challenge to become a facilitator, which involved a lot of traveling as well, because I'm from Ireland and the the office, the main office of AJ and Smart is in Berlin. Um, So I'm going to be traveling back and forth every month. I needed more travel in my life. I needed something exciting. And this was just absolutely perfect to push me right outside my comfort zone um, and challenge myself a bit more. So you don't regret at all to have a no, take this curve? No, not at all. I do really miss the kids. Like, this is a question I get asked. Do you not miss the children? I really do miss the children because I absolutely love working with, with kids. Um, but I do feel like I get more. And after running my first work- workshop in Italy, which we'll, I'm sure we'll speak about a bit later, um, I feel like I've I get more from a, a crowd of adults maybe. <laughs> It doesn't really matter for me. Yeah. I'm just like put me anywhere with a crowd of people and I'm I'm happy. <laughs> the first time I saw you it was not in Italy. It was during uh, the B weekly community calls for participants in the workshop yes, master yes, program. Yes, I love those calls. Can you tell us more about your role at Agent Smart because you're not only a facilitation coach, you have a special role there. I initially came into AJ and Smart as a facilitation coach. That was my role. So I am responsible for helping people in the community who have purchased the Workshop or Master program. So just helping people with all things facilitation. Um, and in that community, then I have a call, a community coaching call every second Thursday, which I host and facilitate. And it's just really kind of getting the community together to have an open discussion about what's going on in their, in their workshopping worlds at the moment, introducing new members to the, to the group. And it's just, it's a really nice chance for everyone to get to know each other a little bit better and just share their thoughts and ideas. Um, we normally have a coaching call every Tuesday with Jonathan, and that's a bit more structured and it's a bit more focused on Um, particular questions, whereas this call that I host is an opportunity to just let go and have an open discussion. It's it's really nice and it's really lovely to hear what comes out of these calls each week. We, we never know what we're going to be talking about and it just, it ends up just blossoming into a lovely conversation. So it means you, you don't prepare something special for the call. Actually, you let us uh, speak with each other. There is always a topic we are talking about and it's so nice to exchange. Lovely. And uh, it, I yeah. think at the very beginning, initially, I had thought, okay, maybe I'll, I'll prepare two topics just in case the conversation isn't flowing. But I think the group that we have like it it's just really easy for the conversation to to get going so i don't i don't even have to prepare anymore there are some things that come into my head if if i'm um engaging with the community in the school group each week the school group is just 
another uh, platform for the community to discuss and talk to each other. So if something really interesting comes up on that, I make sure to bring it into that call and discuss it um, just to highlight the, the relevance of it um, and just have a bit of a more discussion on it. So it's really nice. And yeah, the discussions, they go from talking about imposter syndrome to, you know, some there's True. so many deep topics that we kind of discuss as well, which I think is very important to have those meaningful conversations. Um, but I think as well, my role isn't just the facilitation coach. At the moment as well, I am working on a new product for, for the company. So I would be more academic, I would say, in my approach to <laughs> to working, um, which is a good thing, but also a bad thing. I'm trying to get out of the, the way that I write, I suppose, because I think in AJ and Smart, it's, we're really focused on making complicated things simple and clear. Simple. Yes. Yeah. Um, whereas I've been taught... <laughs> How difficult is that? Yes, I, that's so hard. Yeah, it's very hard. I experience it for simple thing like a LinkedIn post, how to mm -hmm. talk something very simply, what is actually a little bit complex. So yes, I can yes. imagine that this is not so easy. Especially when I've been trained to write in an academic way, in a particular way. So now I'm trying to unlearn that. <laughs> um, and so it's great in a way, but also there are a few challenges with that. But I've kind of been brought in to work on behind the scenes and do a lot of research um, on facilitation. Uh, so there'll be a new course coming up soon, uh, which I'm working on in the background. And I'm so, so excited about it. And it's really weird because I did a dissertation or a thesis um, in my master's and I really didn't like it at all. I didn't like doing the research. I didn't like writing it. But now I'm just so obsessed with learning more because I'm really passionate about this. This is my new little baby and I'm working on it and I'm just so excited to share it with the world. Can you tell us already when this new facilitation course will come out? I don't think I can tell you when, but I can tell you that it will be this year. So very nice. I'm excited to yes. know more about that. I can tell you that it is a facilitation beginners course. Mm -hmm. So it will deal with all things facilitation. Um, I think we're just pairing things back a bit because facilitation is still in its infancy in a way. Um, and a lot of people, when they hear the word, they're thinking, what is this? But they don't realize that it's such an amazing skill to have to add to whatever career people have already. Mm -hmm. But also it's such an amazing career to have on its own. You can do it freelance and make it just your sole career like I'm doing as a facilitation coach. Yeah, just sharing the message and making sure everyone knows about it. <laughs> yeah, this is what I want to do with this podcast. So I'm very happy that we are talking about this and to have the chance to speak with a lot of experts in this part, but also a lot of beginners which are exactly. discovering what is facilitation, what is workshopping. And they are very open to learn more and to put it into their own work in their corporates. Yes, yes. And I think it's really great as well. I've been talking to a lot of uh, teachers as well who feel a bit stuck in their role and feel like they're not going anywhere. There's no progression. They feel a bit like they've plateaued in their progress. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, 
have you heard about facilitation? <laughs> so it's just, I suppose, spreading the message about it and letting people know how important it is and how effective it can be. Yeah. It's, it's such a great job. Oh, it's nice. It's nice to hear you uh, talking very enthusiastic about what you are doing <laughs> and the things you are learning. So very nice. like to join me for a podcast episode or discuss the challenges you face at work and how I can help, book a free call or send me an email. All the contact information is in the show notes. At the retreat in Italy, I had the great time participating <laughs> in your first workshop entitled How to Find Your Authentic Facilitation Style. It was yes. so much fun. And I know now that it was your first workshop you did by yourself. And I promise you that if you hadn't said it, no one would have noticed. So, Oh, my God. Thank you so much for saying that. <laughs> I really had fun. But how was it for you? Yeah. How was it for you? And what were your learnings after this uh, first workshop? It's, it's funny. It's, it's so crazy to, to think back to June. So I officially started working in AJ and Smart in June. So I had finished my training and everything and started. And I was over in Berlin um, sitting on the couch in AJ and Smart's office. And I was sitting there with Jonathan. And I think it was my third day working officially with the company. And Jonathan turned to me and he said, you know, the retreat, the retreat is coming up in a few months. It's in August. Uh, would you run a workshop? And I just said, what? <laughs> <laughs> on my own <laughs> and he was like yeah would you just maybe just do a talk or something and I went yeah go on so I, I'll, I'll just do it but not really thinking about how intense this was what? going to be what I was going to do and just everything else I just said yes because I was in this mode of I need more challenges I need to step outside my comfort zone and public speaking to me in front of adults has always been such a major fear of mine it's just I don't know what it is and people say but you teach children like how how are you comfortable teaching children but not adults but it's just the minute I feel like somebody might know a bit more than me in, in a certain area I just get this imposter syndrome and I'm like oh no <laughs> I think maybe I'll leave it for another few months and I'll do it at a different time but then eventually people convinced me to do it and I think I found what I was going to talk about and speak about too and I felt super passionate about sharing that with you guys so that also pushed me to do the workshop um, and I think even building up to the whole thing I thought I was going to be really like sick with nerves but because you guys created such a safe supportive environment for me The nerves never really fully took over me. Um, even five minutes before the workshop, it was so funny because Ellie, another colleague who is in charge of all the um, AV and, you know, the mics and sound, he was like, you're going to have to hold a microphone instead of, you know, the one that you clip on to your, your top. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, no, I can't because I'm going to be shaking and <laughs> they're going to... The, audience will notice that I'm shaking and then I won't be able to concentrate on anything else but my shaking hand with the mic <laughs> but he eventually convinced me to do it and it was so weird there was no shaking I was nervous and I was a bit pacing back and forth but 
it was more excitement um, to, to be with you and to run this workshop. I was so excited about it. Sorry, I'm gone on a ramble now, Natty. Um, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. I can uh, compare it. Like, you know, I'm a musician, so yes. I'm going on stage and it's just because, before the concert and you, you know, you have to deliver. Yes. And you know, the person are waiting that, that you are offering something exceptional. Yeah. And, uh, and this is the five minutes before, but then when you are on the stage, mm. you are in your role, yes. in your authentic role as a, a singer or as a facilitator in your case and uh yeah it was it was very authentic you did it <laughs> like Thank the title you. of your like the title of your of the workshop it was very authentic thank you so much and that was the goal of it and i think jonathan actually had a coaching call yesterday um and he was speaking to somebody on that call they were saying that they ran their first workshop and they mm -hmm. felt like they wanted to be Kieran. themselves. Yes, Kieran, he mm -hmm, wanted to be himself, mm -hmm. but he couldn't because of the nerves. And I completely got that as well. But I was thinking in the back of my head, it's, it's kind of ironic that I ran my first workshop on about being authentically yourself when <laughs> it's very hard to do so when you're, when you're doing something so new, but I hope that I, was myself enough to um get that point across <laughs> during my workshop this is what uh, Jonathan uh, said yesterday mm -hmm. it's not because you're nervous it's yes. not because you're taking the heart of the facilitator yes. that Ooh. you are not authentic it's mm -hmm. only an emotional thing and of course you have to mm -hmm. to deal with that and to do like you are super cool <laughs> and uh, but but i think he, he, he told him yesterday this is an authentic thing to be nervous you are yourself and you are in your role as a facilitator and mm -hmm. you're nervous and this is authentic yes exactly so, and i think as well it's really important to let people know who do feel nervous who are doing these workshops in the future to to let people know that you're nervous there's nothing wrong with that just to be like because i i remember speaking to you guys before it being telling you guys how nervous I was <laughs> and I think mm -hmm. it's really nice to be vulnerable with people and let them know okay look this is this is my first workshop I'm nervous I'm probably going to be rambling or slipping up or making a few mistakes but just you know just um <laughs> be easy on me <laughs> but uh yeah I think that is really important to say and I think I've learned so much already from this workshop and I was learning as I was going on <laughs> during the workshop as well. And there's a few takeaways that I've come away with. First one, I think the, the whole premise of my workshop was being yourself and trying to be completely yourself, completely vulnerable and authentic because people can connect with that. When you are being yeah. yourself, people form a connection with you and then they also feel comfortable enough to be themselves too. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that is such a super important point to make and to try go in with that attitude and that mindset um, and I know it can be hard when you're nervous but just embrace the nerves let people know you're nervous and that all that makes you human and people can connect to that part of you um, that was the first thing I've learned um, and yeah never try to wear a mask because people can just smell fakeness they'll suss it out um, and there's nothing worse when you're listening to somebody try to teach you something or try to impart knowledge and you can tell that they're just putting on a show <laughs> you, yeah, you know they're performing true. or in a way 
Um, the second thing that I took away from it was when you're when you're seeking out feedback from people, from experts, um, when you're preparing or planning a workshop, I think take as much feedback as you as you possibly can and talk to as many people as you can. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to implement every single piece of feedback that people give to you. And I think that's what happened to me. I panicked a bit before the like the week leading up and I was asking loads of different people, Okay, should I put this here and this here and what's my layout like? And I just took on everyone's feedback and people were saying, maybe move this here and maybe move this down here and that might have a nicer flow. Um, But when I actually was giving the workshop in real time, I knew <laughs> I knew that I should have trusted my gut and trusted that I've planned so many lessons in the past. I know a nice structure and I knew that one of the activities should have been at the very end so that I could have ended on such a nice strong note. So the making mm-hmm. of the facilitation hats, if I was to do it again, I'd put that activity at the very end of the, the workshop. Um, just so that, you know, the energy was so high after that. And it's That's an true. arts and crafts activity. Everyone's buzzing. And everyone feels like they're gone back in time to be a child again. And yeah, I feel like that's where I should have ended it. Uh, so that's something that I've learned. Take on as much feedback as you can, but always trust your gut and always go at what you feel will work. Because nobody, when you're explaining a workshop to somebody else as well, you're not going to give them the full context so the feedback that the person will be giving you is based on the tiny snippets that you're talking about so they might think oh that from what you're saying this sounds like that would be nicer here but yeah just trust your gut um and try to end on a really strong note as well for for your audience this is exactly the point mm-hmm. uh, i can mm-hmm. say i did it like this yeah. because this is how i feel confident with that yes um but maybe maybe you can take some, some parts of it, mm-hmm. but you have to do it on your own. And this is always an advice I gave also to my employees. Do it like you think you can do it. And if you need help, then I will help. But uh, yes. this is very important to do it. Yeah, like really you important. Feel. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, but it's all it's all part of the learning. And yeah, it's it was really, it was a great learning curve for me because I think, when I did the the making of the facilitator hats and just to, to give a bit of context, I got everyone to think about when they were at their best as a facilitator um, and think about the different roles you play when you're at your best. So I'm at my best when I'm listening. I'm at my best when I'm using my intuition, um, when I'm kind of playing the caretaker role i i love taking care of people and making sure everyone is okay there's so many different roles that facilitators step in and out of when they're workshopping or facilitating a conversation so i just wanted everyone to think about those different roles um and then make and design a hat which encapsulated all these different roles so the the different hats that people came up with were amazing there's it was so nice to see them (laughs) I just wanted to take them all home I I just feel like I didn't get enough time to analyze them all and take them all in but after that activity everyone was on such a high and then I also felt like I was losing a bit of my energy and my passion for the next activity because I hadn't I had realized okay 
I should have put this activity at the end. And now we're going back into table work and writing on post-its and doing another kind of intense activity that should have been beforehand. But I kind of had to have a little talk with myself beforehand because I was I noticed I was losing my energy for the next task and I knew I needed to get energized about it. And because I, I did know that it was very it, it would be valuable. So I had to just kind of mm. have that moment of, OK, Beck, we'll do it differently the next time. But for now, get your energy back up and get people motivated to do this activity. <laughs> so it was hard to do that. <laughs> after the hat exercise yeah this is one of the things we are learning uh during the workshop per master that uh, one of the essential thing is to not to take too much energy from the participant and to um i have in mind uh for my workshops when i do this that uh, the uh, if i want to have the people focus on what we are doing they need to yeah to have some breaks Exactly. Oh, my goodness. And I think as well, like having a visual agenda or an agenda at the very beginning and setting expectations with the with the crowd just to let them know what the plan is going to be for the day so that people know what's coming next, when the break will be, because if they have no idea what's going to be happening in the next two and a half hours, they don't know when they're going to get a bathroom break or, you know, a break to just get a, a coffee or something they're automatically going to be their mind is going to be elsewhere and thinking about that rather than focused on the present yeah. moment so yeah, it is true. super important to set those expectations at the very beginning and get people thinking okay relax now there will be breaks i am going to be looking after you and this is what's what the plan is for the day and i think another key takeaway that i took from this workshop was not to overpack the workshop <laughs> one of the key rules no, in enough. the workshopping master program but it is really hard to stick to that and I think at the very beginning when you're just starting out and starting to plan your workshops and I think it's always been a problem of mine as a teacher too I always over plan always <laughs> there's always too much to do for me so I really need to learn how to just pare back and be very strict on you know, just t I, I need to remember not to get so um, what's the word attached to exercises or things that I'm putting into my workshop, because I just look at my slides and I'm thinking, no, but I have to that has to be there to connect with this. And that and then it turns out to be like a five hour workshop. <laughs> yeah, because so we I want we want to give the more the most value possible yes. for the participants who mm -hmm. attend uh, the workshop or who have paid for this workshop and we want them to to get the maximum of this but the point is that if you put too much in it persons are maybe leaving the workshop with 30 percent of the things that were in exactly. which and and uh, and maybe it's enough to have less but more yeah. that is staying more in the head instead mm -hmm. of pack too much Yes, oh, 100%. And that's definitely something that I'm going to be thinking about in the future. If I was to do this again, I would have way more room for open discussion. Um, just to have group discussions about what we're talking about and reflecting on what we had learned, rather than packing it with loads of different exercises. So that is huge learning for me. Something that I thought I already had thought about and made sure that it there was space and that it was an anti-fragile um, agenda. But when you're doing it, you're just 
you get carried away talking and the time just goes and you're just left with all these things to do. And so what I would say to people is don't become too attached to your work. If you're in the moment and realizing that, you know, one activity needs a bit more time and it's it's being it's having a really positive experience on people, then allow the space to explore that conversation and get rid of the next activity. Yeah. You know, just be really kind of brutal and just be like, okay, I want to spend way more time on this one. Let's just cancel the next activity and just focus on this. So I need to just remember, I don't have to do everything that I said I was going to do. Just go with the the audience vibe and energy and yeah, work with that. (laughs) Nice. It was such a pleasure to talk with you about your way, about your your passion for facilitation about your first workshop. Thank you for that. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed talking about it and reflecting on it openly because I, I don't think I've really spoken this in depth with somebody about it yet. So you're the first. <laughs> nice. So it's nice also for our audience. Yes, it's And great. Uh, we are looking for this uh, new facilitation course, which is coming this year in 2022. Yes. I can't wait to share it with you all. Thank you, Rebecca. Um, say hello to all the Aging Smart teams. I will. I will, of course. Thank you so much, Natalie. Maybe we will meet again in this podcast in one year and you will talk about what you've learned in that year. Yes, I'm so excited to see where I will be and where you will be. I'm so excited for your journey too. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Bye. Today, I give you exclusive information about Agent Smart's new facilitation course that will be launched later this year. It's called Facilitation Fundamentals and it's essentially a beginner to intermediate level course on facilitation and workshop organization. The course covers the theory behind facilitation, the skills every facilitator requires to be successful and the tools needed to run successful workshops. It's both informative and practical, so it suits to various learning styles. If you want more information about the course release, I recommend subscribing to the Agent Smart social media channels listed in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode and want to give your feedback, I'd love to read your comments. Next week, I welcome the best-selling author of the Design Thinking book series, Michel Levrick. We'll be talking about design thinking, of course, but also about the challenges of the companies he works with and why the future is about designing business ecosystems as a methodology and mindset. Until then, I wish you success, health and happiness. Au revoir.